0: I'm sorry, I forgot. So much
1: of wrestling is being Johnny Bravo.
0: How so? Because you're the right person for the right spot. Let's start the show. For those who do not know, the biggest wrestling spectacular, names from all over the country, former champions, I've never seen anything like it, Eddie Graham... Florida Promotion, Vern Ganyan, Superstar Billy Graham, Road Warriors, Mid South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee, Bill Watts, Jerry Jarrett,
2: Dory Funk, Harley Race, uh, Nick Bockwinkel. This is Cigars in Conversation with Derek St. Holmes, Esquire.
0: Hello and welcome to Cigars and Conversations, brought to you by our friends at Astro Radio Z and iTunes. I am your co-host Jay Goké, and I'm sitting here with a true raconteur in the world of professional wrestling. This man has shared the ring with a who's who of talent that ranges from the black and the brave to the kings of wrestling. A wrestler, manager, commentator. And a trainer who's contributed essays to wrestling publications and who recently purchased the new Dr. D. David Schultz book, even though I told him I bought him a copy with 20 years of experience. (laughs) No, you did. Yes, I did. He is a true Renaissance man with unlimited knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, I am speaking of the incomparable, the one, the only, my good friend. Derek St. Holmes, Esquire. Hi.
1: Hi, I'm looking at the Rosewater Kinetics website right now for uh, Indian clubs. I found these are just pretty beautiful with the burgundy dye on there.
0: For $108? That's not bad.
1: Yeah. Uh, the one thing I like about Rosewater Kinetics is they use reclaimed barn wood for all okay. of their stock. What's so up? I'd love to get stuff, but How the much stuff I want would be horribly expensive. What would shipping be on something like that? Uh, something like that, probably 25 I mean, they're only... What those were only oh it doesn't have the weight oh those are only one pound a piece that would be a two pound package okay that's not bad so that's not bad at all no
0: yeah Kyle's looking at at talking to me yes
2: so I know we got like a show to do or no that's fine (laughs) um, yeah we've been doing this intro for so long and I've never (laughs) asked Derek. Like, what are these essays that you wrote in wrestling publications? Uh about it. Claw I, yeah, hold. I did
1: a few articles for Clawhold, my yes. buddy's magazine. Rocco. Uh, what, I had a column in there, and I helped him write the
0: The mist article. Yes. And some other stuff. It's a good CV you have. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. No, I mean, it's definitely a, a, a nice I've done a list lot. of things. You've The done only thing a lot.
1: I haven't really done is uh, run a show. Because yeah. I don't want to.
0: It's a bit of a headache sometimes. Yeah, it seems to be a
1: huge headache. I've was just i assisted with two of them pretty heavily, and it was just,
0: eh. Um One of my least favorite text messages is, where should I park? Yes. You've sent that a few times, by the yep. way. Yep. Um, because then I think to myself, you're uh, a grown man. You know what parking lots and street parking and things look like. You can find your way around, right? I shouldn't have to pay to get in. Uh, understood, but I mean, I'm talking about like you uh, texted me when we did the library show and said, where should I park? Like, how would you go to the library? You'd park on the street. You don't call somebody and say- I would go to that library. Yeah, but you've been in a city and you've been able to find street parking, haven't you? I mean, I'm just saying. I wasn't driving. Okay, fair enough. That's, uh, I will accept that as an answer. Um, You don't have to park anywhere, though. Yeah, yeah, right. So, but he was just—he was uh, asking for a friend. Was his uh, <laughs> was his bit? Hi guys, I'm asking for a friend. Uh, Mario, he, I think it would be, the so. if you want to do the the biggest rib to me ever uh, oh, okay. would be just call all the guys that are on the show and say just start texting him. Where should I park? I almost throw my phone out the window every time because it's like clockwork. I'm dealing with some last minute something going on, <laughs> yeah. and I'm getting these texts from guys going like. What door should I walk into where Where should I park? And I just think, like how do you survive in your daily life not figuring out where to park, how to get into a building? The show starts at eight o'clock. the door's open at seven. you're there at four thirty. You have some time. Maybe just walk around a little bit and find a door that's open. you know not you. I'm not spoken at like you. a
1: true promoter that's I have. I have several
0: opinions about what you're saying. Do but, you really? Uh, like, seriously, though. What did, like, about the parking thing? Like, ser- like I get what you're saying if there's, like, uh, you don't shouldn't have to pay for parking. I will gladly reimburse you for your parking. I've always said that if that's the case. Yes. You know, right? Yes. I've always been yes, square with that. Yes. You know that. You know yes. it would never change. No, I don't know that. No, but you know that it would never change with okay, us. Okay, okay. I always, I would always pay for your parking. But I, but it it, it boggles my mind when there's events, even when there isn't Part like a parking structure or something that, and it's not, look, you do it now and then, but some people are just like every goddamn time. Where should I park? Where should I park? Ah, fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be different this year. Now that that, uh, is parking that, structure. Yeah. 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 So, sh- so where should I park? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Let's wait until we get a little bit closer to showtime and then okay. we can, can figure that out. Um, Hey, so, I'm uh, watching TV the other night, and my wife comes in. She goes, "What and are you, you watching?" Pull your pants up, and I pull uh, I I say uh, I'm watching the wrestler. Uh-huh. Okay, and she sits down, and she watches about ten minutes, and then goes, "Where's Mickey Rourke?" Ha <laughs> ha! And I say, "Well, this is the other wrestler," and she goes, "There's more than one." The good one and the good one, right? Uh, so. Uh the that you know, yeah. Do you like the other one or not, Derek? It was alright. I saw it once and I was good. Yeah. Just I mean, kinda...
2: it was
1: just kind of like Yep, that's what it's like. And that's right. Yeah, and then and then it got into the story of how the guy was a fuck up. Not everybody in wrestling is a fuck up, although we know several. <laughs> yeah. I may... think
0: I know more that our they... fuck ups that aren't fuck ups.
1: Well, this goes back to You know, everybody in wrestling has something wrong with them or people get into wrestling because they're missing something else. Of course. You know, but I feel it's that way for all forms of entertainment, especially comedians. Yeah. The comedians are all screwed up. Oh, absolutely. But actors need to get that and everything.
0: So you wouldn't be in wrestling if you didn't need something. Yeah, uh, I agree. What do you think... um as far as wrestling movies, we you know, yes. and this is kind of what today we're going to be talking about a couple The subject is wrestling movies, but Yes. Uh what is is there one that you like is your quintessential movie?
1: I do like The Wrestler from Ganya, but that's just because it's where I grew up. I feel that the movie uh is very good for what it is and really I feel it really captures the flavor of how I remember like the AWA being in my youth. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a very good, um, yeah, the storytelling, the presentation is very good. And as you get in and learn wrestling personalities and see who's actually in the movie, it's like, oh, this
0: there's a, there's a lot of stuff going there's on. There's a lot of cookies or Easter eggs or what sure. have you, little sure. things that happen that I even kind of go, oh my gosh, that's nuts. So uh, just real quick, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, I'm just going to give a quick synopsis of sure. the movie. And then we're gonna jump into it. So it was like a, it was. Could you like just go through the storyline? That's a quick synopsis. Yeah,
1: I know. I was being redundant. Uh, because I was telling you to go through. To slight
0: go. tangent. Yes. My youngest son Bruno. Oh boy. Uh, we were at also the,
1: named after Bruno San Martino because he was
0: chunky as a baby. Yes. Okay. Uh, we were um, at the Rockabilly Chili Cook Office last weekend. Dear Lord. Yes. And. My son said uh, in describing something, he said, that's redundant. And I said, no, that doesn't even make sense what you said. Like, you Uh you know what redundant means? He goes, that's my thing. I just use words where they don't belong. So, yeah, I said, well, that sounds really (laughs) stupid. Uh, Right? So, and and then, so then, but then he did, he came up, he came up with something great though. I said, "How did you like that chili because we tried one of the chilies. Mm. Vanguard's by the way was awesome." And uh Still got to do that live episode. Yes. Uh Jim Hollywood looking at you. We'll get yep. in there. So, we tried Vanguard's chili and to keep with it now because now he's like I've got he's he has announced uh-huh. that he has his thing. I said, "How was that chili?" And he said, "It's pretty wizard." <laughs> so now Okay. Yeah. Do they say that in Star Wars? In, uh, in Phantom Menace. They say that in Phantom Menace? Yeah. All right. Well, my th- son's a thief and Kyle knows too much about the Phantom Menace. <laughs> so, oh, but anyhow, who so, do I want to hit here? <laughs> so now we've been uh exchanging emails when I'll be like, "Are you on your way home from school?" and he'll be like, "Yes, I should be home in 10 minutes." and I'll say, "Wizard." So I'm trying to help him out with it a little bit. Oh, I'm um, sure he loves that. He does. Yeah, yeah but he said redundant and it, he used it so completely wrong. Uh, it was great. It was a great moment. I never la- I laughed really hard and I um, it hurt by the time I got to the car. I was laughing so hard at how stupid it all was. But anyhow, redundant that we just jumped off on that. Let's talk about this movie, the synopsis. It's a 1974 independent film produced by Vern Gagne and W.R. Frank. Do you know who that guy is? Mm, no, just a producer, just right? Money, money guy. Yeah. Stars Ed Asner as Frank Bass. He's a wrestling promoter. And Vern Gagne. he's also in the movie, of course. But Mike Bullard. Mike Bullard changed his name, which is interesting. Yes. Um, the current uh he's the current wrestling champion of his league. And uh he's a really long uh running champion. And uh Basically, he's getting older and he's feeling the pressure from all sides, including his wife and the wrestling promoters, to pass the championship to the young upstart, Billy Taylor. Played by Billy Robinson. Played by Billy Robinson and retire. Uh, Bullard's resistance to their request that he step aside is the central conflict of the film. Right? Sure. So let's start with that. Um, So
1: you have this concept. Ganya basically made a movie... Uh, about, about himself, himself right. but you know change change the names to protect the innocent. No, changed uh, his name. Uh also Billy changed Taylor's. Greg Ganya's name because Greg Ganya is the, the referee, ref. uh Greg Westlake I believe.
0: See, and it's funny because I misheard it and I thought that uh Rod Trongard said uh what do you, uh, Greg referee. I thought oh, he called okay. him Greg referee and I'm like, "Well, that was lazy. Uh that was lazy writing." But Westlake it probably yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah. Um but so Ganya had a bunch of money and wanted yeah. to make a
1: vanity project. Absolutely. Uh I thought it was very good. I thought I liked how it attacked
0: the is it real or is it fake question. That the scene with the reporters yes. is outstanding. Yes. Like that in and of itself. And you can And almost, Asner's acting. Right. You is, can almost hear him. Uh like the you can almost hear Ganya coming through right. talking about that. Because he's talking to the they want to know who that uh, who's going to challenge at the Super Bowl or yep. whatever it is. And, Oh no, because that's right after rate. Well, we're getting so ahead of yes. ourselves. Okay. Let's so start so, off. Let's just start out. So basically they start off the with office. interviews. No, it starts oh, off it starts with, with interviews, interviews.
1: Yes. With Larry Henning. Yes. Cutting the same promo that he
0: cut on Ganya against Mike Bullard. Bullard yes. Um, and then and, there's footage of that match. And then they kind of set up that, uh, Mike Bullard's patented drop kick and, uh, sleeper hold hmm. are the yes. are the things that sound familiar. Yes, um, interestingly, a lot of the wrestling is filmed with like a fisheye lens. Lens, did you know that? Yes, uh, as I recall, a lot of the I've done some reading on this.
1: A lot of the like match footage was filmed at actual matches. Okay, but. Uh, like they would go into sequences and then they'd get the word and go into sequences again. It was still kind of filmed kayfabe. Yes. Uh, but they would send people out for multiple matches to get different angles. And okay, stuff like gotcha. That. So I thought that was interesting. So all of that was filmed, you know, like separately.
0: At So yeah, I could see that being with a fish eye to like capture the whole deal. So it, it sets up and they kind of do the voiceover at the beginning talking about Mike Bullard and how yeah. he's the champion and all that. Uh, also interesting at that point, that's the last you see Gania for the first 45 minutes of the movie. Right. So then it's Ed Asner going through a series of I'm um, just different scenes where he's like having re- quote unquote like wrestling related things. Yeah, yeah, having to arrange tickets, uh talking on the phone. I like how he drops different names on the phone to That his. was and that's where it had me right off the bat in the movie was that uh when Crusher and Bruiser walk into the office yep. and the secretary picks up the phone and just go and calls up uh, Frank Bass or whatever in his uh-huh. office and says, Jim Barnett from Australia on line two. Exactly. And I was like, wow, that's fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah, so a lot of
1: stuff was worked in. And then, uh, of course, we're jumping ahead now. But you had the name drop of Jim Barnett. But then when you went to the poolside in Las Vegas, uh, there were the actual promoters there. Yes. Uh, McMahon Sr., uh, one of the Dozix was there. I'm trying to remember who else was yeah, there. It but, was, like, it was those were the legit right. guys.
0: Right. Yeah, that was amazing. Like just that they were all in the movie, everybody. But these were all Ganya's friends at the time. Hey, right. I'm making a movie. You know, why don't right. you do right. Come this? on in and get in on that. Yeah. And I think there was a lot of there's a lot of name dropping in the movie. And Kyle, after doing all these episodes, you'll hear it. Where it is like you'll hear the Barnett thing, and you like your ears will ring. And then even after uh, later on, um, he goes home or no, he goes to uh, Mike Bullard Ganya's yeah. house and is talking to his wife. Yes, and she says, "Did you hear about Gunkel?" Yes. So even talking about Gunkle dying, um, because that would have only been two years old at that. point. Yes. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of cool inside stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. To speak, so that's
1: what know? I mean. Going back and watching it now, there's a lot of the. Uh, so you've got a lot of footage of uh, Ed Asner being the promoter. Uh, what's his name? Frank Bass. Frank Bass being the yeah. promoter. Uh, There's a little aside where he's yelling at uh, Dusty and Dick Murdoch who are in a bar who have a...
0: Don't fight.
1: (laughs) Yes, they're told not to fight, but they wind up getting in a a barroom brawl. The bartender is hard-boiled Haggerty, Haggerty, and then Odd Job comes in and he has another Asian guy with him, and they get into a huge brawl. This leads into Lord James Blear's legit personality and promoter out in Hawaii, bringing in tape of or actually a film because they have to set up a yeah, the film films, projector yeah, the projector of, which is
0: pretty funny when you watch that too because like they're sitting down and he just grabs a projector and like yeah it's like, like oh
1: of course you have one here yes but of course as a wrestling promoter you had it yeah you, you had. yeah you need stuff like that uh, which shows tape of Billy Billy Taylor played right. by Billy Robinson. Robinson uh so that's the formal introduction but it's so hokey where it's like Wow, that guy's a combination of Gotcha Nagurski if I ever saw one, yeah. which is a very, very thick name drop. Yes. Yeah. You know? But then the whole God, if only this guy was in the states. Well, he's down at the gym. Let's go see him right, right. now. It's right. like what? Yeah. He's here. Let's go. Right. Like it's just well, so basic. Duh. Yeah. Uh, but then they go down to uh this nice little sparring sequence with Billy Robinson versus I believe it's the young Don Morocco. Yes. Um, you know, just they used to call it pulling around in, in English wrestling. We don't really try to win, you're just trying to pull off moves and stuff like right, that. Right, right. So that was very good. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Before we get to that, as they're walking into the gym, the sound is very poor, but you pass by Ken Patera, who's uh, doing presses over his head, but he's still the fat powerlifting Ken Patera. Tara,
0: right, right. You know, but he was just training to get in and stuff like that. And it's so you're seeing this, and it's pretty much everybody that you see in this movie with the exception of the main with Ed Asner and uh, his secretary and that it's pretty much people kind of tied to the the business. I mean, there yeah. are actors in there, but for the most part, you, you know, it's, it, it's eye candy. My question would be if you saw this movie in 1970, what was it? 74. Um, would you regionally know all those people, or do you think if you read the magazines, you if would. you read the magazines, well, you wouldn't it makes know who sense. the promoters are, right? But you would definitely you really be able in, to, but, uh, like, clearly you'd know Dusty and yeah. uh, Murdoch, and you know, and you'd know that stuff. But it seems like you know, like you said, like the Ken Patera thing, you would be like, oh, like who's that guy? Or
1: no, Patera would have been exposed by that. Point. He was exposed. Remember, it would okay. have been filmed in filmed in seventy three, released in seventy four. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So there's that. Um, then he hires, uh, like this, he hires uh, Taylor at that point to wrestle Vern Gagne at an uh, exhibition that a they're having club. for the Boys and Girls Club. Yep. And they go into like the really positive aspects of wrestling. I mean, they're talking about the sport of wrestling, but obviously in mean, the pro wrestling where it's, it's rugged, it teaches you independence and everything like that, which... Like, made me think, oh, yeah, that's how wrestling was when I was a kid. But then it's like, oh, I see this is just how he pitched it to keep it legit. Right. But still, there were fundraisers and stuff like that. But where that was it. wasn't. Winkle, a,
0: it was. Yeah, he wrestles Bachwinkle. There. Who does
1: a horrible look at the camera bit yes. in the locker room afterwards. Like, really? You like, he, like they're doing
0: their lines. He looks at it and, like, shuts his locker and walks out the door. Yeah, like, he looks at the... But he looks at the camera. Camera, right. Like, the, um, don't look at the camera. What was interesting about that scene that I really enjoyed with because the Because it was shirtless men talking. Yes, because we were in the boys' club. Uh, was so... Billy Taylor and Bach Winkler having this little scrimmage. Ah, uh, yes. And um, there's... <laughs> Bachwinkle uh heals on him.
1: Yeah, it does it starts to get a little aggressive. A little
0: aggressive. And then Asner jumps up on the rope. He's like,
1: I told you Bachwinkle. None of that crap. I'm gonna stop the match. That's, I'm gonna I'm stop gonna the stop match. This like really this chairs. totally overacted segment, which then cuts to the wide shot of right. Billy Robson just going, like, I got, this. Down, I got down. this. Right. Um
0: but the And whole- then he
1: came in with the classic beep beep and then got him into the butterfly suplex Flex, and turned right. him off of that.
0: But um and then after that, Asner gets in the ring. And this reminded me of something we did once. Oh boy. No, it was great. Asner gets in the ring at the boys' club, and you just hear all these people talking, blah, 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 and Asner doesn't have a microphone, and he's just like, So listen here, and that's why you like and wrestling, blah, blah, and he's trying to, and you can barely hear him over it because he doesn't have a microphone. So it's just him shouting to this boys' club. And it reminded me of the Harley Davidson show when the sound system oh, started sure. on fire, and I had to go out and announce matches by yelling them. Uh, oh, I don't remember that. Oh no, I was already sorry, in the that was one, not one of our finest moments. What do you mean? I had the f- opening match. I was already in the back. It was good, yeah. Though the so no, we had the second match. The, on, the only one that got a reaction. The, yes, the one that we um because I punched a girl. Yes. So the thing we missed, though, and this is the greatness of the movie, I think too, is that Asner's already trying to politic uh, around and with uh, Ganya before Ganya comes back because Ganya's is in Germany. Yeah. At the, like and that. so, he sets it up where he's like, "Oh, I've got Billy Taylor and Bachwinkle at the Boys Club," and uh-huh. Ganya's like, "Oh, I need to come in and check." Wait that. a minute! I thought I'd I thought I'd be booked for that. Right, right. And it's like, "Oh no, we didn't. We thought you weren't coming back." But and right. then he and then he's like, "Well, I'm going to go check out this Billy Taylor. Everybody's talking about." So, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah,
1: it's it. That's a neat little bit of storytelling. Uh, I forget the exact timing. Uh, is it that night then he takes Billy Taylor to the show yes which
0: is which I thought I thought timing wise it was weird because I thought the show was in Chicago I thought they said sure Maybe, I mean who knows they could have flown yeah or, or drove from right, Milwaukee right.
1: or you know it's what a six hour drive or whatever yeah. or they could have flown or whatever uh, but Ray Stevens against Jake Cutter yes who's played by I believe Joe Scarpello yes. who was a long time underneath talent there uh and of course stevens winds up coming up this is this part was so <laughs> weird when you're watching it oh, comes off crazy. the top rope with a knee drop to cutter's throat gets disqualified because you couldn't come off the top at that time but then they notice he's not moving and they call in the ringside doctor who does the most cursory of examinations right. just look up this man he's is dead, dead. Bang! Yes. And he had like the crime drama music that just swells Ugh. at that moment. And then, and then the ring announcer just gets up and
0: deadpan,
1: deadpan, and shit! A horrible thing has happened tonight. <laughs> Jake Cutter <laughs> is dead. Like, yeah, that's so... what you announced to your crowd right, right there. It
0: was so good. And uh,
1: Stevens just gets out of the ring and goes to the back. Like, oh eh, this is he, no can, big he deal. He
0: does, like, the old, like, ah. He kind of does, like, the hands a little bit. Like, yeah, like, 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 yeah. He does, and then just leaves. Uh,
1: but it was interesting. Oh, I do want to point out in that spot that they do – a slow mo of the Ray Stevens flop into the corner, yes, yes, which Ric Flair stole, absolutely. But that, yeah, that's where he got. It. But I liked how that was one of the big moves that
0: ah, we can get a slow mo of this because it looks good. Yeah, that. Uh, but that moment with the <laughs> the announcer cracked me up because it's like attention, everybody. Yes, attention. And he's just standing. And, he, and his pacing is horrible. It's just like it's very solemn. It's just very.
1: A man oh, just died. Um, uh, we have witnessed something horrible. Yeah, like 12,000
2: or... And what's what.
0: great about it, he's saying it as they're putting the dead carcass like yeah. on the stretcher in front of him, so it's not even...
1: Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Like It's one of the more... It's an oddly acted scene, yeah. but then this leads into... Uh, Frank Bass trying to have a press conference with the sports reporters yes. from the different different media that are available. Great hairstyles
0: on those, absolutely. Guys, especially
1: the one with like the bald head sticking up out of the middle. And there's like, there's uh,
0: the there's the two reporters that are super indignant and like hate wrestling, and then there's the one that's the suck up. Yeah, like we don't care, and the one guy's like, but I care. <laughs> it's so but great. I
1: I thought like it was a neat way to go into the whole real versus fake deal. Right. And that's the bubble. But a, a Asner a, overacts it. Right. Was it the
0: a football player gets a paper cut on his contract or something? He gets, like gets that. a paper
1: cut. He yeah. gets on the national news. Right.
0: A wrestler dies in the ring and you just want to know who Mike Bullard's facing at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, well, no, he was mad because nobody showed up. <sighs> oh, nobody showed up. For, OK, I forgot that part. Uh We speaking of the Super Bowl, that's all Gani keeps talking about the. In this movie, his thought is that he's going to create one event. Now, this is 1974. He's going to create one event with all the champions and have them fight for who is the ultimate champion, um, ultimate fighting champion of 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 all these wrestling federations, which... It's not a precursor to anything, I guess, except for maybe like uh, Super Clash or uh, one of those Pro Wrestling USA type shows. But it definitely was Gania or his Mike Bullard character. That was his thing. Like, he's like, who am I going to fight? How are we going to do this? They, Because even at the very beginning, someone says, we want to do a wrestling show with a lot of the champions from all the leagues participating to find out who's the best. Something like the Super Bowl. And then they're like, and we're going to call it the Super Bowl, because they just start calling it the Super Bowl. But it was the, the rest that it. was
1: a big thing in
0: the culture. Of the I time. understand. But it was funny because they referenced the Super Bowl. Like, this is what we're going to model it after. And then Ghani just calls it the Super Bowl for the rest of the show or the movie. Sure. So, I, this is funny.
1: Uh, but it was neat that he was also addressing this is something all the fans wanted, but also something that he knew was never going to happen. happen. Right. Yeah. Right. Which uh,
0: then it's a series of other like mob hijinks.
1: Uh, Yes, because the mob, uh, which is led by Sam Menacker, who was uh, very prominent. He did commentary for the Australian promotion, then came in for Dick the Bruiser, Uh, another ex-wrestler, also did time doing commentary for uh, Calgary at one point. Okay, yep. Uh, But he comes in as the mob boss who... Once they want to get in action on wrestling, so they're they're like, "Hey, is Bullard going to win or lose?" Like, we don't know. And it's like, "Well, here's the deal: Bullard wins. Get it? Bullard wins." So the mob tries to lay muscle on Frank Bass to influence because you know wrestling is pure and everything like that. But it's also done in. uh, This is after Frank Bass and Vern Gagne. I'm sorry, Mike Bullard are playing tennis for a while, and then. Bass decides he's going to go take a steam. So he's in the steam room at the local gym. And that's when the mafia guys come in. But thank goodness that Bruiser and Crusher go to the same country club slash health club as Mike Bullard
0: because they come in and make
1: sure everything's on the level here. Yeah,
0: put the hands on the shoulder like, hey, we can help you out, brother. And they basically uh, grope the secretary something fierce in that opening scene, too, and... Boozer and Crusher. Come oh out, yeah. Yeah. Having their way, wait, looking for their plane tickets that they're leaving for Japan in three hours. I thought that was sure. a good one. Uh, that's yes. We're here for Frank. We need to get our plane tickets to Japan. And he's like, when do you leave? And he's like three hours. We're going to the gym. Like that was the 1974. Cause you could just walk right to the gate. Then <laughs> you just go right in, right. Yeah. You're just hopping on. There was nothing, nobody, nothing doing, but, uh, but that was that caused me to laugh a little bit too, that they're like, we're going to go work out for a couple hours and then we're going to catch our plane in three hours after we take a steam.
1: Yeah, so, so after that, uh, they decide to use Billy Taylor at a little exhibition that he has for a bunch of his students where they bring in Dan Gable to demonstrate uh, amateur wrestling and then they use Billy Taylor and Jim Brunzel to demonstrate professional wrestling uh, with the, the whole thing is done very interesting because first it starts with a slideshow. Yes. Uh, where Ganya basically goes through all of the area talent that was around at that time, like Danny Hodge and the Sheik and blah, 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 Mad Dog Vashan, blah, 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 um, goes into the amateur demonstration, has Billy Robinson do the demonstration with Jim Brunzel, but then has a very neat little deal between Wilbur Snyder and Eddie Graham. Yep. Oh Yeah where they go in and just do a little wrestling sequence. You could tell nothing was called, and it was pretty good, and he almost misses the head scissors. Yes. But it was just very well done with this Ganya voiceover of everything. And this was filmed apparently at, like, University of Minnesota or something like that. yeah. Because when I was on a show with Jim Brunzel, I asked him about that. I'm like, so is that where you trained? He's just like, oh, hell no. We trained in a bar. Yeah, like you and I didn't know what that meant until I actually saw the footage on the Chris Taylor, the making of a wrestler right. on YouTube, right? Where it's in a barn. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, there was no. I mean, I laugh now when I think that wrestling school always means paid storage garage with room for a ring in it, and they just open <laughs> right. the door. Right. But that was the same. Oh, you want to be a big time wrestler? This is where you're going to you're start. Starting in this you barn. start in this barn.
0: I thought it was cool that uh Ganya had uh, uh bench press out on the in the lake front.
1: Yes, that was I wanna say that was allegedly that was his house. It must have been. Like right. that was the Ganya house. Uh and
0: Asner comes to visit him and like Ganya's out doing bench press. Yeah, so, I don't know if that the, was really there, but I the think lake. that was the house. <laughs> it's so great. Um, I just I kept thinking to myself, like, did he take all morning like slogging that stuff from the garage? No, he had the students do <laughs> like, it. Like, walk the bar. guys. I'm gonna be, li- I'm gonna be uh, doing the bench press down by the lake today. Could you guys please take the bars and the, the weights? Well, they filmed that, and they also filmed the dinner sequence. Yes,
1: uh, the dinner sequence is very notable because Billy Taylor's talking to all of the key- all of the students, and somebody asked a follow up question. Who is that? It's the fat, brown haired Ric Flair. Flair. Yep. Yeah. yeah, which is funny.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how many guys they actually were able to shoehorn into this thing.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they had all the talents. Like right. this, this is what we're going to do this week.
0: They, uh, So it's just kind of a series of things leading towards building up to the uh, Billy Taylor-Mike Bullard match.
1: Uh, yeah, there's a very interesting little bit on there where uh, Frank gets Billy Taylor and, uh, what's his name, Bullard in the same room. Billy Taylor says, uh, "I want a match with you," and Bullard just pulls the whole. Nobody knows who you are. We're not going to sell any tickets to this. Yeah. Besides, I turned my ankle when I was in when we were playing tennis the other day, and he limps out. Right. And so they're wondering, is this true? Was he limping? Oh, I didn't see. So then, later, uh, Bullard is watching wrestling with his wife. Yeah. And they're watching wrestling on TV, and she's so excited that she's watching wrestling with the heavyweight champion, whatever. Um, burn the patriarchy yes uh frank bass comes on tv and says by his record billy taylor has earned this title shot mike bullard has refused to give him a title shot but me as a promoter i'm forcing this match so against mike bullard's wishes we're going to have this match if mike bullard doesn't appear blah 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 blah, blah. and all of a sudden they cut back to bullard and his wife she's like oh, did you know they were going to do that and he said Listen I know Billy Taylor's a good wrestler but the people don't know him this is going to make him known so ganya's trying to infer that he is the heavyweight champion is working the office as much as the office is working the people and blah 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 which is blah, a blah.
0: real good i mean when you really yeah, think of business like this because asner in this movie He's kind of playing both sides of the fence. I mean, it's there's a lot of politicking. There's a lot of stuff going on that you right. actually see in the business itself. So I thought it was good. I mean, and it, yeah, it, I mean and some Hollywood, aspects, but it
1: is you have to look through the line, read right. between the lines very much, right? So, but
0: which I thought that was good. I mean, because uh, some of the stuff I I felt at points where I'd be going, wait, am I supposed to not like the Frank Bass character? Am I supposed to like? Frank Bass. Like, you didn't, didn't like know. him when
1: he finally scores with Elaine Giftos, his oh, secretary. Yeah. She was
0: cute back in the day. She
1: was cute and re- <laughs> reminds me of pornographic actress Susan Hart. Okay. You're not going to know who that is. but
0: I think I know exactly okay, who is. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right, kid. <laughs>
0: Very good. That's just but sure yeah, I was works. just like, yeah,
1: I'm just going to go ahead and yeah, insert that memory there. And um, we'll be good.
0: Because then it comes- uh,
1: which is also very funny, the way the whole romantic scene is cut off and yeah, the uh, what the director's niece or whatever that's singing that, that torch song. song, yes, yeah, it's, yes. it's horrible, very,
0: very bad. Um, because this all basically leads then to the match, the Mike Bullard and
1: uh, well, you're glossing over an awful lot because at the last minute, the mafia comes in, yes. Well,
0: I was going to get to that, oh, okay, Sorry. but no, but. Go on, please. Uh, well,
1: no, we're skipping over such great things as the Wahoo McDaniel-Superstar Graham strap match. Yes, that's great. Incredible interview work being done on TV, especially by Superstar Graham.
0: Look at my head. Look oh, he oh yeah,
1: that was the night that the guy died because yes. uh, Jack Cutter was getting his blood pressure checked by the doc when Superstar, Superstar Graham walked in. by. I'm going to need stitches tonight, doctor.
0: Yes. Yeah, okay, whatever, because that's how it happened. Right. Right. No, that was good actually. But you were yeah. gonna bring up the uh, mob thing. Again. Yes,
1: they uh, decide to come in. Bullard or er, Frank Bass doesn't want to play ball, so they rough him up a little bit. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, I mean, because he had blood coming
0: out of his mouth. Yes, and a little bit of a little bit of color on his cheek. Yes, um, and uh, but what happens? Well, wait, thankfully, so, they don't wait. Do the is that. Crusher and Bruiser show up at that one. Yes, too. they do. That's
1: right. And save the day. They, that's where they went Which the doors. allegedly, from what I've read, when that happened in the theater, well, when that happened in the Romova Theater in Chicago, yeah. when they showed that, uh, the crowd like popped huge for that part when Crusher and Bruiser come in and save the
0: day. Yeah, it's great because they really they tear shit up pretty yeah
1: yeah they beat up the locker room then all of a sudden Ganya walks by what happened here right he comes the door is smashed the door is smashed (laughs) lockers are all over
0: and he walks in the hallway outside and like appears in the broken door so what happened in here yeah like like, didn't hear a thing yeah right and then that that's pretty funny um and then that basically goes to the main that goes to the main um what a weird ending Well, you're. I'm not gonna. I will get. Yeah, let's talk about. Like, I mean, the whole thing. Well,
1: Mm -hmm. there's the match. Yes. And everything leads to you know. Oh, uh, they have the announcements. Greg Gagne is the referee. Greg Westlake. Yes. Who does the whole close up of the explaining the rules? Yeah, and
0: that's the other dude. Like the crowd is dead silent. They're (laughs) listening. You don't do this. Yeah. If you don't let go of the rope by five, you're disqualified. Yep. Well, yeah. it goes
1: through the championship rules.
0: Yeah, it was really good. Um,
1: and then they have the match. Uh, there are several Ganya Robinson matches out there, right? which are good. It, you watch them all, they're kind of repetitive. They kind are of, they really? They kind of do the same spots. Billy Robinson, phenomenal wrestler, made more money than I could, could easily kill me even though he's been dead for several years, uh, but had a good four or five spots that he always
0: used. How much younger was he than Vern? At that point, uh, well, I mean, at any point, they were always the same age apart. Well, no, no, I, I think it was only like <laughs> right? a decade. Okay, yeah, but so but, at that but point, there it was, it was a whole was. deal that Ganya or
1: Ganya was an accomplished amateur, but didn't really have so much in submission skills, whereas Billy had the submission skills. Okay, of course, Ganya's. Well, the whole reason uh, Robinson never got the belt was because he couldn't be trusted to drop it. Sure, and.
0: Was he known for being hard to work with? Robinson? Robinson?
1: Well yeah, he could be really cranky and he liked to bully people because he could. I didn't I don't know this. Oh yeah, yeah. He was seen as kind of a kind of a bully. Okay, gotcha. Especially back then. Because the
0: movie made him out to be a sweet guy. Well,
1: so did the, the TV at the time, but in the locker room he if he didn't respect you, he would bully you. Oh wow. You know. Oh so like there's been the who would win if it was real? Blah, 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 blah. Of course, Robinson was able to win that battle because he lived longer and stayed in the public eye more. Sure. But I did love one of his supporters just said, well, the only thing that Vern Gagne did to Billy was pay him. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I can yeah, give that. done deal.
0: Yeah, but who knows how it would work. Right. Yeah. And I thought it was just that you're averaged. I mean, it was only a couple minutes. Uh, which is much different than the ending of the next movie we'll talk oh, about. Oh, just
1: wait. We haven't gotten to the finish of this. Well, that's what I'm yet. saying. Yeah. So the so, uh, match even, happens. Yeah. All this stuff happens. Suddenly there's a flashback to a conversation that uh, uh, I keep forgetting. Bass had with yes. Billy Taylor. said, can you avoid the drop kick?" And Robert Taylor says, nobody's ever hit me with a drop, drop kick. kick." And the next thing you see As is Billy's
0: face. Yep. And this huge foot comes in. The end, and that's the end of the movie. So you don't even know who wins, what happened. You're just assuming because he got hit with the drop kick, uh-huh. and that set up the finish and that. But that was good. I think Kyle, it's a movie you should really. Yeah,
1: check it's out. it's very good. It does. It's a really good slice of life that captures the flavor
0: of wrestling at that time. After doing all these episodes, and you've heard all the stories about us talking about the offices and the different territories, I think for someone like yourself, that you, it would be a movie that you could see. And definitely get the flavor for what things were like. Yeah. Oh, incidentally, the wrestling
1: office in that movie was a movie studio. Oh, okay. That wasn't the real Dykeman offices.
2: So I think you guys might find this interesting. When you, guys, when you started, Jay, you asked uh, Derek if he knew who W.R. Frank is, who's one of the producers on the film. Okay. Um, and being a filmmaker, I was like, oh, I'll check this out. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. So this guy, um, he was a theater owner in Minnesota. Of course. Uh, which is where they shot the movie. Uh-huh. But the film came out in '74. He died in 1960. So I just think that that's like a weird mystery thing. Like, what's the what's this, what's this producer who he produced like six movies, um, but the last movie he produced was 14 years after he died.
0: Is that on the web where people are saying like, what the hell is up with this? Is it something or
2: no? Um, I've just been looking, you know, I looked at IMDb and a few yeah. other places and they all have him dead at 1960, but no one's like questioning it, which I think is huh. weird.
0: Well, this could be, be good Kyle with a real that right, sp- the- spooky fact.
2: Derek brings the Saint Holmes, I bring the Sherlock Holmes. Oh, that's a- Oh,
1: now he's bringing the shade. Wow. Um just off the top of my head without doing any research and I don't know if this is true or not. But I could very easily see that Ganya being given some stock when he established the AWA. It's like, oh, and then we're yeah. going to make a movie. Well, I'll give you this money only if you make it a movie. And then he passed away, but then finally it happened. It's like, oh, I promised my
0: friend I'd put his name on this movie or something like I that. I could see something like that happening for sure. Yeah. So who knows? That's kind of crazy. Oh, no, that's cool. Uh, so, Kyle, here's just the list. I'm going to run down the list of all the wrestlers that were in this movie. Okay? So... Uh, there was Jerry Wade, Don Morocco, James Bleers, Lord James Bleers, Danny Hodge, Joe Scarpello, the Dan. Bruiser, Dan Gable, Vince McMahon Senior, Senior, the Crusher, Dusty Rhodes, Wahoo McDaniel, um, the announcer Mel Jass. uh, <laughs> not his brother Hugh, <laughs> that's that's good, uh, Bill Crouch.
1: Uh, yes, uh, who's actually from Two Rivers, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. He was one of the students. What about Marty O'Neill? Sure. He's, He's an he, announcer.
0: Yeah. Uh, Joe Dusick. Yeah, he was one of the promoters. Oh, yep. Uh, Nick Bockwinkle. Superstar Billy Graham. Um, Jay, Hyen. Jay Hyon. H Y O N. Not familiar? No. Uh, Hardbody Haggerty, we talked about. H-B Ray Stevens, H-B-H-E-T. we talked about. Um, Lawrence Batson. Not sure. Uh, he
1: became somebody,
0: I think. We talked about Sam and Acker. Uh, Rick Flair, of course. We talked about him. With a K. Yes. Uh, Dick Murdoch, Greg Gagna, Eddie Graham. Uh, Mike ha- Graham was in it, too. Yes. Uh, Harold Sakata, a.k.a. Odd Job. Odd Job. Uh, Larry Hennig, uh, Wilbur Snyder, uh, the announcer, Roger Kent, Bobby Cox, Ken Patero, Wally Carbo. Uh, Rod Trongard, as we already talked about. And I'm finally, for the first time, seeing how you say his name. I always said Rod. Rod Tron, Ron, I think I said Rongard all the time when I was a kid. Ron Rod Rongard. I don't know. Um, Dennis Hilgart. Uh, area promoter. Yep. James Milwaukee. Brunzel as we know. Horst Hoffman. Uh, Where was Horst Hoffman? Fred Markson. Dave Goldson. Uh, Jack Wildman Armstrong. Dory he Funk. wasn't in there. It says. Wild Man Armstrong? Yeah, Dory no. Funk Jr. Could he have been on television. Our, Was it on footage? No, no. Pedro Morales? Oh, uh, they had a picture of Pedro Morales. Yes, and Mike Graham. So that's, I mean, that's a hearty list of guys from back in the day that were like a serious bunch of names. That's, that, we're questioning that's not the right Wild for, Man the, Armstrong. Yeah, that's not right for Wild Man Jack Armstrong. Okay, maybe it's in the director's cut. No. No, like I think that's too early for him. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, it's in maybe he's one of the kids in the crowd. There's a, a great scene in the movie where it's a kid, and it's early on in the film. He's standing in the crowd, and he's looking with no expression on his face whatsoever, and you can almost see him make eye contact with the uh, director i something like, smile, show excitement, and the kid goes like, ah.
1: Oh, no, that was at the uh, uh, Boys and Girls Club. Yeah, I know that. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I know that shot. Just
0: deadpan, and Uh, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he just starts smiling.
1: uh, There was that shot of that little person. Oh, that was always super excited in the crowd. Yeah, that was a regular fan. There there are some regular... Twin Cities fans that get caught on that footage.
0: I also was thinking when watching these movies about what it was like when you could smoke in these auditoriums. Yes. Holy cow. It was glorious. That must have been crazy. Cigars and Conversations presents Mailbag. Dramatic readings of fan letters... Cold from the pages of classic wrestling magazines. Today I'll be reading from the summer of nineteen ninety Wrestling 90 Sports Publication. An inspiration. I want to tell you how much I enjoyed your interview with Ric Flair in the winter nineteen eighty-nine issue. I want to relay a message to Ric Flair if I could. The message is thank you. Thank you for returning to the ring. The reason I say thank you is because I got a serious back injury shortly before Mr. Flair did. I was very depressed and ready to give up. However, when I saw Flair return to the ring last July 23rd in Baltimore, it really inspired me to work even harder. Today, I have 90% of my movement back, along with my strength and mobility. This is because I continued treatment. So again, I thank you, Mr. Flair. Joy Kidd, Solon, Ohio. Freebird Forever Even though Terry Gordy is not currently wrestling with his old friends, the Freebird guys, Michael Hayes and Buddy Roberts, he will always be a true Freebird. Throughout the 80s, the fabulous Freebirds were the dominant tag team in the sport. Their battles with the Von Ericks are still being talked about down here in Texas, that's for sure. Jim Garvin is a fine partner for Hayes, but it still doesn't feel right to me. I'd rather see Michael wrestling with Gordy or Roberts. With either man, Hayes would have a much better shot at a tag team title. And even though Garvin has been a world tag team champion in two federations, the AWA and the NWA, Hayes is always better off with one of the originals, Henry Owen, Houston, Texas. Who's Protected? The article by Craig Peters in the spring 1990 issue titled The Evolution of the Champion, What Will the 90s Bring? (laughs) Well, it made me laugh. What Bob Backlund said was not true at all. He said Hogan was the most protected champion in history. Um, no way, Bob. Just take a look in the mirror and you'll see the most protected champion in wrestling history. No way could you have defeated some of the men you went up against and the referees hadn't protected you in those matches. I saw you on several TV matches and wondered why the ref let you get away with the chokehold you called the chicken wing. You only won the WWF title because Billy Graham got a little careless. Believe that. You shouldn't call Hogan a protected champion when it just as bad with you during your championship days. Ray Powers, South New Berlin, New York. Foreign Objects, It's Time to Stop the Madness by Kurt W. Schultz. Having been an avid wrestling fan for many years, I believe I speak for the majority of fans when I say that the federations must crack down on the blatant and illegal, as well as potentially lethal, use of foreign objects. But wait... You may say, foreign objects, well, they've always been there, and they've always been a part of pro wrestling. (laughs) True, but never before have they been so prevalent as they are now. Not only are they used by rule breakers, but the fan favorites are using them too. Let us examine a few cases in point. First, there was SummerSlam 89, where Hulk Hogan used a loaded purse belonging to Sensational Sherry to KO Zeus and score the pin. This should not have happened for several reasons. The main one being that Hulk Hogan was supposed to be above such tactics. The referee or the Federation officials, they could have confiscated the purse if they really wanted to. Another annoying and potentially dangerous rule infraction is the use of various colored mists, fogs, and sprays to blind the injured opponents. This tactic is most commonly used by the Great Muda, the most startling aspect of this is the fact that many times it happens right in front of the referees. And even if he doesn't see it, there's always video replays he can watch. By far, though, the worst and most common foreign object is not even evident to many fans and officials until it has already been used. And I'm talking about objects that are smuggled into the ring, if you know what I mean. God only knows how many titles, careers, and matches have been ruined by the use of a foreign object hidden in a wrestler's tights. A perfect example of this is how Jerry Lawler used an object to win the world-class, now USWA, title from Kerry Von Erick at Super Clash 3. The federations that allow the most infractions are the WWF and the NWA by far. If they don't stop these blatant violations and promote more effective legislation against the use of foreign objects, the sport as we know it will only become worse for it. Once again, written by Kurt W. Schultz. For all those who have not seen the movie All the Marbles, this movie was a lost gem. Yeah, for me. This,
1: uh, I I will go on to say one of the most realistic wrestling movies. I that, love that this are movie. Out there. Yeah,
0: love this movie. In fact, when I got the, I got the chance to see it again, I think it was last year. You're the first person I texted because one of the parts where I kind of freaked out during the movie. We'll get to it. But all the marbles, real quickly, just so you know, uh, was reissued later on as a movie called The California Dolls. Uh, it's from 1981. It uh, is a Is reissued under California Dolls for
1: international release
0: because uh, the phrase all the marbles wouldn't translate well. Right. Uh, Movie came out in 1981. It is considered a comedy drama. Uh, It's about the trials and travels of a female wrestling tag team and their manager, played by Peter Falk, directed by Robert Aldrich. This was his final film. Uh the two women that are the main uh California dolls are Vicky Frederick and Lorleen Landon. Lorleen Lumpkin. Lorleen Lumpkin. Lorreen <laughs> Landon. Both of them beautiful, 1980s beautiful ladies.
1: Yes. Uh trained for their roles, and a lot of the other people that they got for this movie came
0: out of the Mildred Burke school. Absolutely. Yeah. Um originally the male lead, Paul uh Paul Falk, Peter Falk. This was actually written for Paul Newman, uh, but Paul Newman took a hard pass on it. Yeah, didn't want to be associated yeah, with it. Yeah, didn't want to be associated with the, the wrestling in it. So basically what you have is Peter Falk is uh, managing kind of a Paul Ellering, if you will.
1: Yeah, because he's not necessarily a ringside manager like Pass You a Foreign Object, but he's getting these girls gigs. He drives the car. He arranged the hotels, yep. manages the money. And this is where I get into saying it's one of the most realistic wrestling movies. Because the first time I saw it when I was a kid, like I didn't get it. I thought it was boring. Blah, right, blah. same here. But now, once I had a better understanding of, oh, this is the life that they led, another thing that he does in this movie, which obviously you can't do so much anymore, is scoring pills from the area doctors. Yes. Because one of his girls has a pain pill problem. But, you know, just say, hey, doc, you know, all these they, they get bruised up. They got to keep going. Is there anything you can do? so he would like score right you know and that that would be again this is how it worked back then obviously in the east coast you had zahorian uh you know other areas you know doctors want to be friends with the wrestlers too hey let me do this for you boom right so I, again great. just one of the most realistic uh wow they're spending a lot of time driving at one point the <laughs> well true at one point, the girls are excited because all they want is to eat in a restaurant that has tablecloths. Yes. Like, that's when you're on the road and trying to save money.
0: That's an extravagance that, you know, you need to budget out. I think that um, that was this was one of the first movies, too, as a kid I saw. There's a scene early on when they have a match against uh, another team, and at the end of the night they're all backstage together. Right. And they're like, they do the hand, the handshake and thank you very much. And like, they're very cordial with each other, which as a kid, 1981 at that point, point, um, seven years old, eight years uh-huh. old watching this movie. And I'm thinking that, you know, good guys, bad guys, people that compete in wrestling, like never even talk to each other. Right. So.
1: But they weren't like, they weren't best friends in the movie. It was kind of a, no, but it was we cordial. We to do this. Right. It was like,
0: it... Hey, thank you. You were, t- there's a couple of like, you're tough out there. And yeah. They, like yeah. shake each other's hand. Uh, so there's a little bit of that. The looking back at it now, the one thing I thought was a little bit strange is it's like they're it's not even like they're not going territory to territory. They're basically going like show to show up and down around like the east Coast right. or wherever they're going. right. Um so they didn't really have an allegiance to a territory as much. They were almost like traveling carnival style place to place right. So was that super common with the guys just that like the like lower tier guys that didn't have a uh, a homestead, sure, would they they like so they could do that, trying to get their foot in somewhere to get that name. name. Right.
1: Well, I, like Haystack Calhoun was a barnstormer, but that just meant he didn't stay in one area very much. Uh, it would be similar to that where, hey, we're gonna do this guy, we're gonna do this guy, we're gonna do this guy. But like all of those promoters would be affiliated. okay, you know, for the most part. Uh, they'd all be part of the NWA unless they, you know, were in an area that didn't have NWA
0: coverage. Sure. So the big thing is that they're setting the the movie is setting up for the fact that Peter Falk as their manager wants to get them that shot at the women's tag title.
1: Yes. There's a lot of, I say it's most realistic, but it still is very kayfabe in that if we get the the women's tag title and that matches
0: a shoot, we'll get a lot of money. Right. Right, which I thought that was uh, so crazy. So they show them with a couple different teams. Uh, I think they do the the, the Geishas. It's like a Japanese girls team that they, uh, which is, I think that is humorous that in this movie, it's like, so it's the two white girls are the team you're following. And then it's like every team they fight has some kind of like ethnic slant to them. No pun intended, I'm sorry. Uh, But I'm saying like it's these, uh, you know, like. The Toledo Tigers, yeah, the but African-American it's women. Them. It's the us versus them thing uh-huh. uh, throughout the whole. And, you know, when they, they show it, that they hit the hard times in this movie. They mud wrestle and like a comedy well, fair. Well, that,
1: that, that part is very important. And uh, like that, that stuck in my mind the first time I saw it. Then it was, I grew to understand it where the girls were very upset that they had to compete at something that was so demeaning. Yes. They, they felt that was just horrible. But the manager came around and said, but we can point at a contract that says you got paid $500 for a match. Right. So we can use that as leverage ahead. So it was really kind of mean on the a promoter's part, you know, and, it, you know, it, it, it really it, it humanized the characters and made right, you see, sure. like, wait a minute, this isn't, you know, they're not just objects out there. Yeah. Um,
0: the wrestling throughout is really good. Yes, well, that's all because it's came from Mildred Burke. Right. No, but I mean, but like, it's really good. Yeah, like it's it's definitely. um, They really, I I mean, and the way it's filmed, like everything, Uh everything looks good. Like from a filming perspective, from everything watching it, um, and the girls did all of their own stuff. Right. There is no uh, cut angles or any different angles with like actresses stepping in. They learned the moves and did everything, Mm -hmm. and so when you're watching it you're feeling it like they really could have been wrestlers absolutely sure um knowing full well too it was the first movie uh florine landon it was her first film okay and uh vicky uh, frederick she was a classically trained ballerina and she was like a broadway dancer so to have them both you know i mean just to to take a broadway dancer and someone who's never even acted in a movie before and then put them in something like this and be able to convey such realism when it comes to the wrestling is really great. It is funny, though, because once
1: you're familiar with wrestling, you can see that they're all from the same school. Really? Like they take their bumps the same and everything. Okay, It's just kind of just something you recognize.
0: So I'm watching the movie, uh, like I say, last year at some point, not having seen it in years. I don't even remember how I got it. I think I maybe YouTubed it or it was on some streaming service, and I'm watching it. And one of the big things is, so the main tag team champions are the Toledo Tigers. It's the two African-American women. And uh, the California Dolls and Peter Who who
1: also have a manager that travels with them. Yes,
0: yes. So that's kind of interesting. And so they're kind of, uh, um, you know, they're taking that title all over the country. And so the California Dolls get a match against the Toledo Tigers Excuse me, in, um, I believe it might be in their hometown or it's in Ohio or it's in Cleveland or it's in Toledo or sure. somewhere. And they get a match and I lose my shit because the girls, the protagonists in the story, the California uh-huh. Dallas who you love so much, they shoot on the Tigers. Right. And get the pin on them. Well, you're skipping an awful lot. Well, but here. tell me. So t- talk to me.
1: Well, one, they're trying to get this match with the, uh, with the champions, but they can't get the match because Peter Falk has uh, some beef with the the right. big-time promoter who's played by who? Pauly from the Rocky yes, movies. Yes, Burt Young. Yes. So like he's blocking, won't give him the match, won't give him the match. So finally, the member of the Dolls that has an on-again, off-again romance with Peter Falk decides to go out on a date with the promoter yes. and gets the match signed. By hook or by crook, and there's there's a whole deal there out of, out of that. Right. So they finally get this match. Now, they're being paid X number of dollars for this match. Suddenly, you see Peter Falk, who somehow got an advance on the money. He's going out there. He's paying the ring crew extra to make sure they pull that ring extra tight. He pays the organist to do something, and then he trains a bunch of area kids Pays all them that's out. that's the main. Yeah.
0: No, but that's like the final one when they meet in California. I thought that's what end. we're talking about. No, we're talking about the mid-show. Oh, okay. Sorry, you jumped ahead a little bit there, but this that, that's a good uh, does point. Does that feel good? So, yeah. Okay. So, they have a match against the, the, the Toledo Tigers, uh-huh. and they shoot on them, and they basically get the pin when they weren't supposed to. Okay. And so there's – because then – Peter Falk wants to get that heat built up. And that's where I text you and I'm like, wait, wait. So the good guys in this movie uh-huh. just totally shot on the bad guys and like kind of.
1: Oh, I thought you were talking about the one at the end.
0: No, because they created their situation. Okay. They created that. Like, So by doing that, that got the heat, like real heat. And it got attention because it was a non-title match. Oh, okay. And he was like, oh, just give him a shot. Just give, or give him a chance to yeah. wrestle each other. And so they have the match, and it's super competitive. And then the dolls shoot on him, And then that gets the Toledo Tigers are mad. And then because now all the magazines and everybody are covering that okay. they got beat. And then that's what helps propel them to the, wow. the Bo- match in California. one 101. one, Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of great. So that gets them yeah, okay, to that sorry. then. So that gets them to the main event. So everything I event. just said. Yes. Okay. And so Peter Falk's paying everybody. Yeah. And like, you're like, well, this is kind of weird what he's doing here. Yeah. Not understanding the. And you know, then suddenly they have costuming and all that other stuff. T shirts. Yes. Like they were doing like the, like all the. They were selling gimmicks. Yeah. Suddenly all this stuff comes intro out. Intro music, where. which is by everybody singing. Oh,
1: that's because he, he paid off everybody to do it. Right. With, with hand signals. Right. Stupid hand signals. Right, uh, and then the dolls come out and they've got costuming and all this other stuff. And, the and it is funny. Doesn't
0: fit like who they are, what they're supposed to be. Right. It's like all like silver. Yeah. And
1: weird. Yeah. Not but the great. referee is Count Billy Varga. Yes. So the minute the dolls get in the ring, the, he the first thing he says is, "Get that makeup off your face." Like yes. you can't wear makeup to wrestle. So that was funny. That's pretty awesome. So they have this huge
0: entrance deal, and then they have to take time to declutter. Yeah. Right, which is pretty funny. And then the thing that... This is what impresses me the most about this movie. The last 20 minutes, Uh that match is almost in real time. Yeah. Like, the last 20 minutes is a straight-up female tag team wrestling match that is pretty much in real time. Mm -hmm. And um, wow. Like, it's great. Like, it's really well done. Yeah, it's a good match. Yeah. I mean, it's it's put together well, and it makes sense. And then there's the kind of the weird double cross, right? With uh, the, the, the the sunset flips, woman. the sun double flip sunset flips. And then the, ref. Oh yeah. The ref there was supposedly the, the, the fix was back. in the fix was in, but then the ref had like finally succumbs to the pressure of the audience. And then they win the titles. Yes. Uh, Bird young a, is very
1: upset. Yes.
0: It is a great movie.
1: Yeah. It's very good.
0: I, I it's always been uh, a favorite of mine and it's one that I wish they would release a Blu-ray of actually, cause I would buy that one. I, don't think that I think I have a... You said you had a pan and scan. Yeah, I got a pan and scan that came from Canada via eBay. Uh, apparently, supposedly, there was a sequel in the works, too. Um, and that uh, Robert Aldrich was in the midst because it was a success overseas. Yes. And so they were, they were working on a sequel to it. And then Robert Aldrich died. And the second that he died, it just washed up and went away. Sure. Um, this is a movie I've been looking for a movie poster of this. For quite a while. Oh, okay. It's one that I've spent a lot of time uh, scouring. I'm surprised uh, they haven't made a shitty WWE remake. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. I always heard that there was, that at some point, someone had bought the rights to it and was going to remake it, but it just has kind of never come to fruition. Right, right. Um, if you were to ask me, I guess, which no one is, but I'll just answer the question anyways. Tell me your favorite wrestling movies.
1: What's your favorite wrestling movie?
0: I would say probably All the Marbles is my favorite, followed by The Wrestler, this one, the 1974. Yeah, I'd go with those. I think those two, are, if you're going to watch. Um, and for movies, for uh, movies. I like right. to hurt people. just kind of exists in its own. It's almost like a docu-drama. Yeah, it's a best of. Yeah. I, I, I think that's for sure, too. Um, all the other stuff. I do like Paradise Alley, but that one's super unbelievable. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, the, like best... the, the
1: most realistic part of that to me was the old champion having to sweep out the ring.
0: Right. And I do like well, the ends where they're fighting in. it's raining. In the rain. Like, yeah. Doesn't this place have a roof? Um, but Paradise Alley is good. The song is great at the end. The Sylvester Stallone song that he sings at the sure. end. Sure. Um, better than anything he did in Rhinestone. So Okay. Yeah. Was... I just, uh, you know, there's so many wrestling movies that fall so short. Uh, yeah, and that was one thing that was frustrating,
1: especially the triumvirate that we didn't get to of grunt, bad guys, and body, body slams. Like, yeah. Those three seemed to come out at the same time. Right. And again, th- this is the giant Gonzalez thing where wrestling is so hard to defend to people. Cause you're like, here, let's go see this. And suddenly right. it's like, wow, this is really horrible. Yes.
0: Yeah. Like, why couldn't this be good i think body slam uh looked at me on the shelf for many many months on the at the video store and then i was just like i guess i'll try it that was the one with dirk benedict yes. and captain lou morano tonga tonga kid i think is in that uh, i think he's tonga tom or something yeah like and, and piper's in that one that one's not Ugh. great uh real quick and uh, one and only do you like that one Uh, no i know of it and i
1: also have a like i think i had a pan and scan of that it just wasn't there was not enough action
0: i agree uh very slow moving um do you remember the there's a other wrestling movie out i don't know what it is i remember being sick from school and watching it below the belt is that with uh the guy who played chief from give me a break yes because there's a whole scene in that where he actually cuts like takes yes. the blade and cuts his forehead before yes. he goes I'm out for the match. glad we got to
1: that. Below the Belt was ostensibly taken from Mildred Burke's unpublished autobiography. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, well, very loosely based on it, and that's why she has footage in the beginning. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, Below the Belt is the story of a waitress that falls into uh, the Mildred Burke wrestling school Uh, So there are scenes of Burke training her kids and everything, but then there's a lot of travel logs as they go to shows around the different countries and the interaction of the group of wrestlers. Like the central group of wrestlers uh, that you deal with in this movie aren't, aren't real wrestlers. There is the Dolph guy from give me a break. Yeah. There's an African American gentleman. Is that it? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But that whole group isn't really wrestlers, but it's, This movie was jarring for me because they're ostensibly traveling the southern states, uh, doing wrestling down there, but all of the actual wrestling footage from the arenas is the WWF. Right, right. So suddenly you see the Valiants going against Dean Ho and Tony Gurria, and you're like, they were never down, down south. Right, right, yeah, right. we're in Tennessee. It's like, no, you're not. Right. So I thought that was funny that all the stock footage was uh, geographically incorrect,
0: and I wonder how many
1: people were able to figure that out then.
0: That's the, as a young child watching that, the thing that stuck out was so Dolph Swede, yeah. he's about to go out for his match, and he takes the blade and he cuts his forehead. Uh, but
1: he—he he, it's not even. Even a like a gigger, he takes like a straight, straight razor. Right, He takes
0: a straight razor and does it, and then because he knows he's going to go out there and just like instantly bleed, which right. that doesn't seem. Would, would guys really like before they went? Like, oh yeah, right, right before they'd go
1: out, they'd cut yeah. themselves. Yeah, uh, you you'd gig themselves, then use some vaseline or something
0: to keep it from bleeding, and then once and then once this, the guy got out there, just boom, 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 and it would open. It right would open up. up. But that's where I believe I first originally heard the red makes green. Oh yeah, expression. So, um, but also,
1: wasn't he portraying a drunk in that movie yes. or something like yeah, that? Too? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've got it on VHS. I haven't seen it in years because I watched it that one time and just noticed the whole travel log and, oh, we're playing on the road. It's like no, you're just eating up 15 minutes of the movie.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, uh, that one. I just I have memories of that as a kid. Um But again, kind of dull. Not great.
1: Yes, I I think I hunted that one out when. Uh, that Queen of the Ring book had come out because okay, Mildred sure. Burke died in 89. Yeah. Now, Mildred Burke, of course, was the champion for the longest time, uh, had issues with her husband, Billy Wolf, who controlled wrestling at the time, but her organization got usurped by Mula, who was able to come in and Mula was able to get in the good graces of the NWA right. for whatever reason. So she became the go-to, and that's what froze Mildred Burke out. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Mildred Burke would send women to Japan and was also a forerunner in the custom videos of men wrestling women. Yeah. And yeah. Blah, yeah.
0: blah, 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 stuff like that. Is so. Mildred Burke looked
1: back? Do people not like her?
0: I felt like I've been looking. I've seen stuff online, and people weren't ex- exactly...
1: Well, there's no footage of her. Right. Um, it's... And Mula was able to replace it. Mula controlled wrestling in this women's wrestling in this country for so long that for a generation, that's all. That's just all it was. Yeah, so it was never allowed to prosper or anything like that.
0: I I would be interested to know too behind the scenes with like all the marbles with if there was any point where Mula tried to get involved or if they approached her or anything.
1: No, no, I doubt it because Mildred Burke was
0: based in California, so So it was easy that she was right there. Right, and they had it. Right, very nice. Well, those are again. Two wrestling movies, three. Well, three, but two that we really endorse. There's so many other ones. Definitely not five. Not five, right? Um, Holy Grail is Uh, Life of Brian. Yes. No. What? I was gonna say my Holy Grail wrestling movie. I was gonna say I don't care about Monty Python. Uh, It will never be released. It will probably never see in our lifetime. Is that Blood Circus? Uh, Okay. Just because it looks so weird. Yeah, but I'm sure it's probably like I like to hurt people. It's probably it, no, it's probably shitty. Like it's probably horrible. Like I like to hurt people. I don't think that's shitty. I like to hurt people. Oh yeah, I love make this song. them come
1: home to mama. To yeah, it's oh, uh, that's good.
0: Johnny Legend. Is that really? Yeah, that's uh that's awesome.
1: Uh, I do have that video box signed by Sheik's wife or no Captain Ed George and Sabu. I... that's the only reason I took uh, those bookings oh like, really I just' didn't to understand. get that yeah it was right after Sheik died I found out his son was running shows and Eric freedom was on them so I wanted You're to like come get in. Me on and he's like hey we got all this stuff planned for you this that and the other thing blah 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 I'm like great uh I really just want you to sign this video box as Captain Ed George well yeah I can do that but
0: we've got all this
1: other stuff planned for you and blah, blah, blah okay great. Yeah. The box is coming. Yeah. Ready for Sign it. Sign it. Boom. Sabu. Boom. There.
0: That uh uh I last year at student teacher conferences I had a a gap of about an hour and a half that I had time to kill. So I just put that on. Just, I like to hurt people. Yes. For people to watch. Oh no, for me to watch oh, okay. while I was sitting waiting for parents to show up.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: Yeah. Well no one saw it.
1: Because when Bobo in the ring, he do
0: the same thing. <laughs> It's, it's a great one. I love that. All right, Derek. Uh,
1: also good uh, good interview work. The interplay between Abdullah Farouk and oh, it's Eddie Creechman. How many pieces of silver? Oh, what I... did you prove to be <laughs> a 20th century Judas?
0: Yes. You, it's not, you've never seen that either, have you, Kyle? Oh. Uh, look that one up on I'm YouTube. I'm nervous. It's awesome. I'm
1: nervous. I'm crazy now.
0: Yeah, it is a great, it's, it's brilliant. It's worth, it is definitely. I mean,
1: it's neat to watch for segments, but
0: don't try and make a story out of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the whole, it's about the chic kind of. Yes. Detroit, Michigan wrestling. Yep. That's about, but it's, yeah, it's just, it's a thing. So, um, speaking of a thing, uh, this has been a thing. Yes. Uh, it's good to be, good be, good to be back i'm saying i'm throwing this out there to everybody okay send in the questions let's do a question and answer episode hey uh we need to figure out if we're
1: doing some sort of get together at that crusher event a spaghetti together yeah (laughs) that's like a get together at spaghetti are you gonna bring the spaghetti nope then it's not gonna be a spaghetti together
0: so we're gonna we need to talk about that uh we'll we'll put up something on the
1: website and this will probably be posted after that anyway so <laughs> no
0: we'll, we'll try to get get this and out what there.
1: a response we got that was incredible for what all the
0: well because this is Oh, this be oh after. yes everybody there thank this you like, so uh, this much me of bob and doug mckenzie's album oh you're at winchell's donuts no we ain't hey eh? no she sh- don't ruin it Do you ever see it? we get that album hey
1: you know why uh in movies they don't look at the road for a really long time when they're dying? oh that's right right yeah. that's, no i haven't noticed that that's
0: because they're being towed that's uh that's our review of Strange Brew. Okay. Oh no, well, we could do an episode on that. Thank you very much for <laughs> listening. We will be in touch. And yes, I, keep I, an I eye- actually just yes. had back oh, bacon goodness. at lunch today. Did you really? Yeah,
1: some place over by Pettit, not <laughs> Blue's Egg because they were closing.
0: Closing. Oh, because oh, the they close it too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Jeez, don't break my heart. I I couldn't if I tried. Yeah. <laughs> will not. Ne- this will never dun, end. Dun, Ladies dun, and gentlemen, you dun, have been listening dun, to. Dun, to Cigars and Conversations dun, 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 with Derek St. Holmes Esquire. I'm your co-host, Jay OK. Thank you for listening. <laughs> rate, review the show. Uh, tell your friends. Let's keep in contact on the social medias, talking about uh, going and doing the uh, Crusher Q&A. And, uh, again, give us your questions. Let's do a question and answer episode with Derek here. I'm sure he's got a lot to share. We'll talk to you guys soon. See you next time. <laughs>